Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent guests we've had on JM in the AM. Rabbi Benji Kramer joined us during our Yom Mode special with a Meir Milim segment about Hatikva, about the national anthem of Israel. Rabbi Benji Kramer on JM Rewind on the Nachum Segal Network. I want to just make sure we actually have our Benji Kramer with us because we're using a little bit of a different phone system as we try to uh, adjust things in our makeshift studio here in New York City. Rabbi Kramer, are you with us? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Hear you loud and clear, and I'm glad you're there. And give me a second to remind everybody that it's the 19th day in the counting of the Omer, and we are celebrating Yom mode on this 4th of ER, usually the 5th of ER. Today is the 4th of ER, and because of the proximity to Shabbos, the proximity to Shabbat, uh, the um, celebration of Yom Ha'atzmut is moved to Thursday, so it's not going to be on Friday tomorrow when, God forbid, it could lead to Chilul Shabbat and I think to the desecration of Shabbos. And I think that that is something really important for us to keep in mind, uh, to remember uh, that the state of Israel, that we uh, often, we're often not thrilled with everything that goes on there. Keep in mind, everybody, that the Yom Ha'atzmut celebration is... Uh, brought in advance on the calendar because of the uh, proximity to Shabbat, which is pretty amazing. Maradina says Yeshiva Noam is the place to be today. Chag Sameach, thank you very much for that. Um, the Chatanim or Dov Chaim Medjbach from Amit Tzvat Yeshiva and uh, Hillel Cohen from the Hartman High School in Yerushalayim. Congratulations to the two winners of the Chidon Tanach the International Bible Contest. Rabbi Benji Kramer, who does our Meir Milim segment in memory of Mayor Weingarten, and that analyzes the Hebrew language every single Monday at 9 a.m., right after JM in the a.m. He's with us live via telephone. He's rabbi of, um, of uh, he's a Rebbe, rather, an educational coordinator of uh, educational technology um, at the Shiva Flappish Joel Braverman High School in Brooklyn, New York, Rabbi Kramer, Moadim Lusimcha, Ligulash Lema, Chag Sameach to you. Moadim Lusimcha, Chag Sameach, it's an honor to be here with you. Um, obviously, we miss uh, Mayor so, so much every day, but especially on a day like today. Um, I, I'm thinking about him all the time. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I, want, I, didn't, I didn't want today to turn into a memorial, even though, even though that's the agreed. way it, it feels, frankly. But it is difficult to uh, uh, to do a show like this and not think of Mayor constantly. <laughs> uh, so, Rabbi Kramer, what do you have for us this morning? So, um, the the, the um, national anthem of uh, of Israel, Hatikva has a, a pretty long and interesting history, but first I wanted to analyze the words um, and then talk a little bit about the history of the, of the anthem itself. Right. Um, we, we start off, uh, first I have to talk a little bit about the history only because it's, it's, uh, it comes from uh, Naftali Hertz Imber, who wrote a very long poem, like nine paragraphs, called Tikvatenu, and this is just the beginning of it, and it's even been changed a little bit, as we'll see. Um, he starts off, As long as, literally, as the heart is inside of me, but really it means, as long as my heart is beating, Nefesh Yehudi Homiya. The Nefesh, the Neshama, the soul of a Jew, is Homiya. Now, Homiya is a reference to a pasuk in Yerbiyahu, Homeli Libi, we even say in Ayin Zmirot, Homeli Bi El Dodecha, Homiya it means to yearn for, to to moan out in, or cry um, uh, when uh, when when I think about what we were not even sure yet. Um, and then he goes on, and he's he's sort of like hinting to his theme, but we don't really know it yet. towards the Mizrach, towards the east. By the way, that's uh, also a reference to the discussion in Shemot Kavzayin of the, of the Mishkan, of the Chatzar of the Mishkan, it says, V'rocha v'chatzar, lifa'at kedma mizracha. And he says, pa'ate mizrach kadima. Wow. Towards the east. Ayin l'tzion Sophia. The eye, uh, our eye, our collective eye, is looking towards, Sophia is looking towards Zion. Towards really Yerushalayim. Zion is really Yerushalayim. Um, so is that what we're yearning for? It seems that the real center line or the main line is really the next line. And in his original poem, 
um, Ember's original poem, that was the the refrain that came up all the time. Old low of the tikvatenu. Our hope has never stopped. Now, this is a fascinating line because it references a, uh, and I talked about this in the Meir Milim uh, segment on Monday, it references a pasuk in Yechezkel, the dry bones that we read on Shabbat, Cholam Pesach. Uh, and the dry bones that, that uh, rep- represents Am Yisrael in our darkest time, and we know in, in the last 80 years, we, we know what, what we, we conjure up in our minds, this, this Nebuah. And he, and he was told to give Nebuah to these bones, and the bones seem to be speaking to him, and they say, Avda Tikvatenu. They say, we are dried up bones, and we have no hope. And he says, that's not true. I'm going to give you a spirit. You're going to come back to Israel, and I'm going to give you a whole spirit, and you're going to come back to life. Ode lo avdati is basically what Yechazkel says to the bones, he says. Um, and then we still don't, doesn't say what the tikva is. Hatikva shnot alpayim, it originally said. They changed it to hatikva bat shnot alpayim to make it better dikduk. And here comes the punchline, liot am chavshi the, the real punchline is at the very end that we should be in a democratic free country in, in our land, Eretz Tzion, Yerushalayim. It's interesting that he doesn't say Eretz Yisrael, uh, and, and I'm going to discuss that in a moment. Um, but basically, to sum up, what he's saying is um, <clears throat> that we still, in the heart of every Jew, is this connection to Tzion, this hope to Tzion, this, uh, this idea that we have to come back to it. Now, the original actually had different lines. My father told me that when he was in Shomer Adati, they used to sing the old one, Lashuv Eretz Avotenu. The hope was to come back to Eretz Avotenu, Le'ir Ba David Chana, also a reference to Yishayahu, where it also says Ariel Ariel, which is Yerushalayim, Kiryat Chana David, the place where David settled. But when they changed it later, and uh, the person who changed it, uh, David uh, Yadlovitz uh, actually claims that he talked to Imber and Imber agreed to the change. But what's interesting about the history of of the uh, Hatikva, a couple of things, and one is like a shocking thing. I'm wondering if you know this. But uh, the, the first thing is that it, it was written at the end of the 1800s right. and it, it became really big at the third, um, the third Zionist Congress. The third Zionist Congress was the one that they were voting on whether to go to um, uh, Uganda, right. and uh, and uh, and, uh, and a pr- as a protest to that proposal, and it was actually voted on. Uh, they because of um, uh, they, they sang this song at, uh, loud and clear in the middle as a protest to to that proposal. Uh, later on in the uh, in the early 1907, I believe. They, they actually voted for it to be the official uh, song, I don't know if you would call it an anthem, of the Zionist Congress. And only later, in 1933, did they officially vote on it to be, you know, the, the Zionist movement anthem, so to speak. Um, now, uh, one of the most controversial lines for, for religious Jews is Liot Am Chavshi. Many rabbis talk about that. And the truth is that it's not so clear that it means what people what people think it means. First of all, in the concentration camps, many uh, Jews sang this. The uh, Am Chavshi meant something totally different. And the, and the word Chavshi meaning free. Free. I'm sorry to be free. And some people think that it refers to being free from mitzvot, which is not so not really so clear. That that's what he means at all, really. However, it's also interesting that in the protest against the white papers. Um, the, uh, the, uh, um, what they all, what they screamed out all the time is Medina Ivrit, a Jewish nation or a, a, a Hebrew nation, Aliyah Chofshit. We want free Aliyah. We don't want to be limited to our Aliyah. And it's very possible that when they changed it to the Leodam Chofshit Bartzainer that they had that in mind as well. You know, there were other, there were other national anthems that people wanted. There was a, a poem by um, Chaim Nachman Yalek. Rav Cook had a national anthem that he wanted uh, that, that didn't, didn't exactly succeed. But I think the most shocking um, 
piece of history about Atikva. When do you think it was officially put into law that this is the national anthem? It was not the right after the state was founded? So that's what everyone thinks, but actually it was not put into law until 2004. <laughs> it was never wow. put into law. Obviously, it was obviously recognized as the national right. anthem, but it was never written into law until 2004. It's all over the internet. That's uh, it's interesting. What's interesting, uh, interesting to that, Yeah, I'm sorry. Go yeah. No, go ahead. There are no bombs bursting. There's no war. It's all about yearning and our dream and our hope to be in Israel, to, to have that as a national uh, homeland, which it is, and, uh, and to be connected to our historic homeland. The last line I just want to say, Eretz Zion, Yerushalayim, is just interesting to me. Like, why doesn't it say Eretz Israel? So it, when they were voting on the name of Israel, nobody knew. Even when they formed their, their testimony of people who didn't know the name of the state when they formed the state until the very last minute. What are they going to call it? <laughs> There were proposals of Sabar, there were proposals of Ever, like Ibri, and Sion was one of the proposals. Wow. And only at a vote of seven to three in this small little uh, group did they vote on Israel, Israel to be the name. So Eretz Sion, at the time that they wrote it, that might have been the name of the state. So maybe that's why they kept that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. One of the things that um, uh, I wanted to point out, based on the history you just gave us, is uh, now you know why, um, especially toward the end of World War II, and you see uh, you know videos of um, of camps being liberated and people singing Hatikva. Now you know why there were groups of Jews that had these words on their lips because they existed as an anthem for so many decades already. This was not something that was you know conjured up because it looked like a state was about to be formed or a state was recently formed. And I think that's important. Exactly. To, you know, I think it's important to point out that the Hatikva, uh, the state may be seventy four years old. The Hatikva is much older than that and has a, um, a history that is so rich. And uh, it's funny that you point out about um, you know, Hatikva meaning the hope, and that's the yearning that all of us have and the yearning that the Jewish people have had for thousands of years to get back to the, to the Holy Land and that uh, the national anthem that, uh, for instance, uh, you cited the one in the United States, our Star-Spangled Banner, has a, uh, a much different type of atmosphere. And I'm reminded about the fact uh, that, and you know this firsthand, uh, that when, um, when there are induction ceremonies for the Army of the State of Israel, the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, Tzahal, um, both, a, both a weapon and a, and a Tanakh are, yes. are, are handed to the, um, uh, to the young man or young woman who's about to um, uh, take on this role as an officer so in, the, in the Israel Defense Forces. And, and when you think about that, and again, this is, I'm not, this is not a criticism of other countries and the way they handle things, but when you think about the balance of that, where if, someone, mm-hmm. where, where if someone is now a defender, if someone is now a fighter, if someone is now you know, it, it, it being inducted, you would think there's only one thing they actually need or one thing that, that, that portrays the, um, uh, the, the fact that they are now a defender of the land, and that obviously would be you know, their weapon. Uh, but yeah. no, but no. In that ceremony, uh, they make sure in Israel to hand two things to that young uh, uh, soldier, and that's both a weapon and a Tanakh. Uh, literally, when I was yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. When I was in sixth grade, my rebbe Rabbi Spivak um, wrote a song, and and the theme of the song was my secret weapon, uh, which is going to take us out of Galut, is actually the Tanakh. That's my secret weapon. <laughs> And that's what preserved us all these years. No question about it. Important to remember on this Yom Ha'atzmaut, especially coming off of yesterday, Yom Ha'zikaron, where we commemorated those who have given their lives so that we can, so we can, we can live, I, I would argue, anywhere in the world, but certainly um, as a free people, not free from mitzvot, but free people in the land of Israel. I'm a little baffled by the whole, uh, by the discussion over so many decades about the, about the term chafshi, about the term freedom. You know, we finished Pesach, which obviously, you know, we as a people always look at as a holiday of freedom never never as a holiday of freedom from its vote uh, but I guess right. but I guess because of the background of some of the people involved in the formation of the state of Israel there were some who were skeptical about what they meant by that word I, I, I think it's a little overblown I think, frankly and I I, th- I agree with you 
Yeah. And I do admire those that have tried over the years uh, to make a positive adjustment. I'm assuming that you're familiar with the fact that some people have tried to uh, implement the word kadosh, lihiyotam kadosh biartsenu. Right. And again, even though that didn't really catch on, it's still just j- just the effort and the recognition that there's a higher level of freedom. There's freedom with kadusha. Um, right. You know, which of course includes mitzvot. Uh, and I felt that that was, um, you know, important to point out. I- I may be mistaken, but the word chafshi is not found very much. We use the, more the word chirut. And chafshi right. almost implies freedom from something, which we don't believe in just having freedom from something. We believe in having freedom towards being connected to God. Chirut is not just freedom from Mitzrayim, but as we're doing, Svirat HaOmer, we're building up to Shavuot, the freedom to very good point very good point probably why we use the word chofesh for vacation because that uh, the, the vacation always has you know conjures up uh, uh, thoughts of just being you know a free-for-all and not having any any responsibilities or structure so so maybe that that's that's why that word is used there is a little bit of other controversy about a tikva which is interesting well obviously the arabs feel that it's not, it doesn't represent them, and they are citizens of Israel, right. and uh, that's that's a bit of controversy. There there are uh, many Eastern uh, Jews who came from Iraq who don't look lefate Mizrach Kadima, they were looking towards the Ma'arav, as, right. as in the Gemara, they refer to Eretz Israel as Ma'aravi, as Ma'arav. Um, so that's that some of the, so they're a little bit offended by that as well, and, yeah. and there are people there are people who, uh, there's an Arab judge, for example, he didn't take a knee, but uh, didn't want to sing Hatikva at, at a ceremony. It's on, it's on film, really, uh, because he doesn't feel included in Hatikva. On, on, the, on the point from the, uh, the Eastern communities, um, one of the things that, that's always pointed out is how Judaism or Jewish life over the last many centuries really became Western Hemisphere centric. Let's put it that way. So, unfortunately, so, correct. Right. Unfortunately, though. right. Yeah, unfortunately, or or just a statement of fact. Uh, it, it is a statement of fact, but it's it's ignoring a, a whole right. That's true. Whole community, you know, it is ignoring a, lot, a whole community, a and in the fact, majority. I think the majority of citizens in Israel as far as they right. Well, that's a good point. Of Jews in Israel, right. Um, so that is a uh, that's another thing to consider that there was always this um, uh, affinity um, uh, toward looking at the Holy Land from uh, that person. I mean, just the fact that we always say Mizrach as we refer to you know Correct. the direction that we are um, turning to when it comes to um, Etzvilah, etc. Uh, the wise guy tour guides. The wise guy tour guides always when you're in Sfada or whatever. They ask, you know, where are we supposed to face? And they want someone to say, well, which way is Mizra? You know, they wait. They, they would, they're salivating for that. <laughs> I actually like that. That's a good, a good way to, it's a good way. Because if you do it that way, then people will remember it forever, you know. That's correct. You're a teacher, you know. That's, That's probably correct. the best way to communicate it. Rabbi Benji Kramer, um, a rabbi and coordinator of educational technology, Yeshiva Flappish Joel Braverman High School. For us, he is in charge of Meir Me Lim, Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, analyzing the Hebrew language in a segment in memory of our dear friend Mayor Weingarten. And today, if you missed any of this, make sure to go back to the archive and a fantastic analysis and discussion regarding Hatikva, the national anthem of the State of Israel. Rabbi Kramer, to you I say, Mo'adim l'simchali, gulash lema. Amen. And we should all look for the future and hope for the future, and we can always have a better future. Amen. Excellent. All right, Benji Kramer here at JM in the AM. And for those of you who feel that after a segment like that, we need to play the Hatikva, uh, don't worry, it's not the end of the show yet. But here is the uh, Hatikva at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM, the Hatikva that uh, Rabbi Benji Kramer was just speaking about here on uh, JM in the AM as we celebrate 74 years of Israel. That was my conversation with Ari Benji Kramer. Yishai Fleischer checked in on Yom Atzmaut from Chevron to share with us what the day was like in Israel. Yishai Fleischer, recent guest on JM in the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nachum Siegel Network. We have a special guest with us live via telephone from Israel and America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web at AlchemSegal.com, on the AlchemSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. He's international spokesman for the Holy City of Hebron. He's also uh, uh, one of our great friends who uh, always gives us an amazing perspective on days like today and every single day, and that's Ishai Fleischer who is uh, celebrating the 74th birthday of the State of Israel in Israel, and he is with us live via telephone. Yishai, a pleasure. Chag Sameach, Mo'adim L'Simchali, Gulash Lema. Amen. Reb Nachum, so great to hear from you. So great to hear from you. And I'm right now in Hebron uh, at our uh, Hebron Fund barbecue. We just um, barbecued with soldiers and with folks from, all, from America and from all over the world, and and we're on the street here right next to Beit Hadassah and Beit Shisha. It's actually a gorgeous day in Israel. And, and, and that's saying something because we've actually had uh, some, some weird weather recently with very dusty air, very dirty air. Today, and, and even yesterday, Yom Zikron was a tough like weather day and it was a tough emotional day. And suddenly today, the skies are clear, the air is perfect, the temperature is perfect. And we just had the very first inaugural flyover of the Israeli uh, Israeli Air Force over the Maratha Machpelah. So that just happened uh, an hour ago. And, uh, you know, it's one of these days. Today's a day where we look past all the criticism that we have of our great country uh, and all the issues that we have, and we have issues. But today we look past that and we thank Hashem for the amazing miracle of Kibbutz Galuyot, of, of Shivat Zion, of the return to Zion, uh, this, this amazing time that, that we see the land of Israel being rebuilt. And we see the people being fruitful, multiply. I saw a lady today. She was so pregnant, and she was like about to birth. And I was just like, you know, I was just like, this is this is the gula. This is it, you know. <laughs> this so, is the future. <laughs> that's right. Yishai, mamash kacha. Yishai, you look at the context of Jewish history, and I was mentioning earlier in the show how some of us can remember, you know, the twenty fifth celebration, and the thirtieth, and the fortieth, and the fiftieth. Uh, you also can remember some of the uh, celebrations of yesteryear. Uh, how significant is it that we've made it to 74? How, uh, how, uh, how, how much do people need to realize what kind of bracha, what kind of blessing this is, not just to have the state, which we've been thanking God for for the last 74 years, but to make it to this point? I think that's also a miracle to consider on a day like today. You know, there was, there was an uh, Israeli Knesset member who became a, a kind of journalist. His name is Yinon Magal. And you know, Magal wrote something yesterday. He said, uh, he wrote it on Twitter. He said, if you want to see how bad it is, read the news. And if you want to see how good it is, read history. And I was just like, that is so perfectly true. That is just so perfectly true. Um, Is 74 significant? I think 74 is very significant. First thing right now in the jihadist Islamic world, there is a so-called prophecy that Israel is going to be destroyed in 2022. And, and that's been going around like the Muslim social media, the, the, the jihadist social media, I want to say. And I want to tell you that like seeing the country filled with flags, seeing, you know, that even if, even if we're not at our strongest moment right now, we see just such a lively peoplehood, so alive. And so even if our state apparatus is just a shtickle, you know, not at its like finest right now, okay, but the people are coming home. The, the main object of the state of Israel is the defense of the Jewish people and the, uh, and the success of the Jewish people and the ingathering of the exiles. And that's what's happening right now. And you can just feel it. It's, it's um, how can I say, it's just like I said before, it's very future looking. It's very future looking. And 74, I think it tells us, okay, guys, grow up. We're here. This is not like a battle for like just getting here and settling the land and in first steps. It's now the, the stage of, you know, uh, taking the, the, the physical body that's here and, and bringing it to the next level. Partially, I, I would liken it to um, the transition between Mashiach Ben Yosef, which represents the infrastructural creation of a Jewish state in the land of Israel, and then moving it towards a Mashiach Ben David, which is uh, a, a, more, a more Jewish and spiritual and temple consciousness 
uh, a Yiddishkeit consciousness that fills the the vessel that has been created. So Yishai, that's where we're at right now. That, that's such an important point. Yishai Fleischer is with us from Israel. Happy Yom Atzmud. Happy Israel Independence Day, everybody. Uh, it's such an important point, especially for those of us who are thousands of miles away and may not realize on a day-to-day basis uh, just how different and how much more positive spiritual life is in Israel. What do you mean by that? What do you mean that you, uh, that you would um, surmise that today there is a spiritual growth that's unprecedented in the history of modern Israel? You know, Nachum, um, I, I feel like I feel like uh, you and I are in a deeper moment right now, and, and I know that you personally have gone through a lot of issues uh, that uh, I think everybody knows about the, with your studio and stuff. And all of us have these issues that uh, that that are that are that are bubbling up inside, and 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 you know they demand you know kind of depth. And so I'm going to answer you in a deep way. I think that I think that. God made it that the state would start with secular folks. Uh, and um, the deep reason, I think, is because the Jewish people, we have lost, we had lost a certain quality that needed to be regained. That quality is the quality of action. We became a people of the book. And we needed to become a people of building a state and having an army and, and running a country. And in order to do that, we needed to uh, have a characteristic trait that had been bred out. And that characteristic trait was the trait of action. And so that, the characteristic trait of action, of getting stuff done, building a state, was bred in by the secular Jews. But now that role has been mostly completed. We have all accepted that, that action is part of, and I mean by action, I mean everything about building an actual physical state that has been achieved. Now it's time to bring in spirituality into it. And so here I am in Hebron, and I see Chabad of Hebron working with us with the beautiful soldiers. I see Judaism becoming a more central. I'm, I'm on the radio right now. My my son is asking me. <laughs> I, I see I see Yiddishkeit becoming. Yeah, uh, uh, I see my, my I, I see the country yearning to be like. Well, okay, now that we're here, and now that we are no longer under total persecution, although we still face plenty of persecution. So let me not mis- misstate that. But now that we've achieved a certain level of, like, prosperity and physical safety, now what? And so, so, so there's a yearning now to come back to Yiddishkeit. And, so, and, and, and you see that also with the, and, I, and I'm very grateful for your relationship on this issue, which is the Temple Mount issue. You see a yearning for the Temple Mount. You see also how the haters want to stop our progress on the Temple Mount. Um, but it's more that the Temple Mount is representative, and there's very various wings of of Yiddishkeit that are that are that are trying to kind of expand outward. If it's Bad or Breslov, if it's if it's the idea of religious Zionism, if it's the Haredism, you know, the, the the Torah world, they're all there's there's a how should I say there's a forward momentum right now, and there's also somebody said to me I was in a in a Kirov class about Kirov, and he said to me. He said to us, Tel Aviv is the most spiritual city in Israel. Why? Because it's yearning. It's yearning. It's certain. Yishai, you there? Uh, we're trying to reconnect with Yishai. Oh, there he is. Go ahead. Uh, did, I, did I lose you? Or, or yes, you, you were just telling us why Tel Aviv yeah. is the most spiritual city. Yeah. Yeah, because it's yearning. And because it wants to do, it right now it does yoga in the park, but soon it's going to start doing Shmona Esra and yoga in the park, and then it'll do, you know, it's like it's like searching for, for meaning. Why are we here? Why is, is there a God? Did he bring us back to this land? Are the prophecies really true? Who is Abraham? And I see it here in Hebron all the time. We have constant stream of just open-eyed uh, 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 searching Jews. And so, um, so that's the next stage. And for me, uh, one of the things that, 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 that we work on Hebron, myself personally, is a greater Tanakh consciousness, to bring Tanakh and the stories of the Tanakh, the stories of Sefer Bereshit out more. Um, and that's what Hebron is here to do, I think, uh, more than just holding on to the land. I think Hebron is a great example. Here's a place that's all about holding on to the land, but now it's time to use Hebron as a teaching tool to teach about Sefer Bereshit. What is his way? Thank you very much. Uh, and we need to ask a question, like, like what, is, 
What is the path of Abraham? Who is Sarah? What is what do they contribute to this world? And so that's that's the moment that we're living in, and I think it's very exciting. But I'll tell you, all that stuff that I just said is true. But today on Yomat's Mode, there's a kind of simplicity out there. There's a kind of wonderment, a simplicity, a kind of like like zetov. Like there's just a feeling out there today. I can tell you, I was in Yerushalayim this morning at Nefesh Benefesh at the first. Uh, what was it called? The first Torah uh, Eretz Israel conference, and I spoke there. Then I flew down here to Hebron, and I just see the soldiers and the people, and it's just how should I say Amcha Israel? Amcha Israel is alive today. So the the deep questions are there, and yet and yet there's still something like there's a kind of like It's like it's it's simple. It's pshita. You know, let's let's find let's find ways to, to to be like let's. I give people. I say I give people permission to be wowed. Let's be wowed today. Let's allow ourselves to be wowed today. And and you do that so well, Nachum. You you allow people. You give people the permission to be wowed. Uh, and and that's what people need. We we are sometimes a little a little stoic, a little a little stale. We gotta we gotta be like uh, we are alive. Am Yisrael Chai, Eretz Yisrael Chai, against all odds. So that's what, that's what it's about. On the one hand, there's a depth. On the other hand, it's like a child born today. It's like, I'm born today. I'm just, ish, ish, by it says. Every person is born there. Today, everybody around the world, everybody who's listening to the Nachum Siegel Show today should say, I was born in Yerushalayim. I'm yeah. born in Yerushalayim. I'm reborn today. You know, it's funny. One of the concerns uh, that I've heard for decades is that as we get into the generations that uh, did, did not experience, you know, the world without a state of Israel, the world without sovereignty over Jerusalem, etc., uh, it would be more difficult for those generations to hold on uh, to um, uh, to those, you know, to, to those, to hold on to the state, to hold on to, to what we have and what, and what often gets taken for granted down the road. It sounds from the way you're speaking that uh, just the opposite is happening, that there's a, a an awakening or a reawakening to the point where we don't have to be concerned that those who grew up without a state of Israel, that those who grew up with a state of Israel, um, uh, you know, underappreciated or take it for granted. Is that a, is that a safe assumption on my part? I think that that is what I'm trying to say. That doesn't come cheaply. It doesn't come easily. We still have to always educate. We constantly have to educate. Uh, and that's, if you think about it, that's like the, one, of the, one of the core Jewish values, education. Um, and so we, are, we do have to educate young people. There are forces that want to educate them towards meaninglessness, towards, towards uh, you know, a kind of hyper-progressivism where they're all about... Like, I get these American young people uh, groups from time to time that are on the liberal side of things. Let's call it even the progressive side. And all they do for an hour is ask me about Palestine. And I'm like, guys, snap out of it. Like, we can't just be talking about Palestine for an hour, Palestinians. We've got to talk about Israel, our project. And that wakes them up sometimes. But the average Israeli, I see it in the streets, in, in, in Hebron and Yerushalayim and everywhere. Today is the day of, um, it's Matok. It's Matok. And, and, and don't sweet. forget, Nachum, we, 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 yeah, it's sweet. But I want to say to you, Nachum, don't forget, we did have 15, 15 murders yep. in the last month. Yep. 15 jihadist murders, terrorist murders. <clears throat> so it's not like there's not enough things to remind us about what's going on. Right? Well, there's plenty of things to remind us. But, um, but yes, because of the Yiddishkeit, because of this, there is a sense of awe and of, and of, and of wonderment. And listen, it's a mixed bag. It's a, it's a complex Jewish society. It's like the Book of Talmud. It's like it's got this side and this side and this side and this side. But, but the overall... Some, somebody once told me, a, a rabbi, a rabbi Yaakov told me one time that the reason that in Jewish history, history is written by prophets is because it's very hard to identify what the central message of a generation is, what the central flow of a generation is. Only a prophet can really see how God sees this generation. So I'm not a prophet, but I can tell you that my, my heart, I see that there is this path passion for it. There is an awakening. I'm not like out here cheering by myself. I'm like surrounded by, by Am Yisrael and, I'm, and this are the ultra-Orthodox Jews and Ashkenazi Jews and Sephardi Jews and this kind of Jews. We're all, we're all in something something amazing. And how could it not be amazing? Because really, in the end of the day, the return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel is revelation. That's what the Gemara says in the end of Ketubot. It says at the end of the day, when you see the land of Israel flourishing, that is revelation. That is God's presence in, in our life. Um, so that's what's happening right now. I hope 
that I was able to 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 incorporate all the, the various emotions that we have today into into one incohesive package. <laughs> but I just I do want to wish you a big lechaim, and I'm going to have a piece of uh, uh, barbecue, uh, and I'm going to do it in your honor, Nachum. And I also want to pray, Nachum, for your personal uh, success. I know that you've gone through a big pain with the loss of your um, studio. It should be a total taken for you. It should be a, 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 like you should feel totally reborn through this. The most important thing is your voice, and the other things are just physical things as we say you know the stuff may have been broken but we are alive and the most important thing is that you're alive and that your voice is out there and you're the voice of millions of people and I just want to give you a big yeshikach and really like throw it let it all go and be reborn and maybe it's time to, to, to move your show out here we'd love to we'd love to be uh, the, you know Eretz Yisrael would love to have the, the Nachum Siegel show uh, be, be, be its host uh, with that Nachum I really want to bless you, but I also have to ask your permission for leave. Um, I have to say goodbye to some guests here at our barbecue at the Chevron Fund. And, uh, and just blessings for everybody to be besimcha today and to, to really see the revelation of God in our time. Enjoy Yishai. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Toda. Yishai Fleischer, enhancing our, uh, our Yom HaTzmut here at JM in the AM. It's our Yom HaTzmut special. Today is the 74th birthday of the State of Israel, and we are celebrating together with music and more. It's funny because um, often you think that things stay the same and that they're similar to uh, the way they were for all these years. And if you listen to what Yishai said and, and, and juxtapose it with some of the things we've said on the air, I don't know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, it is so different now. There's so much more, so many wonderful positive things. There are always positive things, but so many new positive things to, um, to highlight. And the points that he made are so vital, so critical to the future of the Jewish people, because the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. And that's something that we have to keep in mind, and we have to internalize no matter where we are in the diaspora. But those of us here in the, in the uh, United States of America, I think, are starting to feel it more and more. And it's something we need to uh, remember. That was my conversation with Yishai Fleischer. Bonnie Rosenbaum leads the Michael Levine base for lone soldiers in Israel. It is based in Jerusalem. And my conversation with Bonnie Rosenbaum follows here at JM Rewind on the Nahum Single Network. JM and the AMR Sphere format Tuesday on day 17 in the counting of the Omer. That's 613. Tomorrow is the um, day we observe Israel Memorial Day. This year on the 3rd of ER. Thursday, of course, is Yom Atzmut, the uh, 4th of ER this year, the 74th birthday of the State of Israel. We figured as we... um, Get closer and closer to Yom Zikaron and in Israel. They're really closer and closer to Yom Zikaron. It's midday there, and Yom Zikaron starts tonight. We'd speak to uh, Bonnie Rosenbaum, who is a co-director of the uh, Michael Levin Base. The Michael Levin Base was created by passionate professionals and volunteers with vast experience working with lone soldiers with the goal of supporting not only lone soldiers, but also lone Benot Sherut and Olim families and soldiers. The base hopes to connect these three communities and create a support network for young adults as well as provide assistance to their families throughout the world. There is a special Yoma Zikaron program that the Michael Levin Base is presenting, the largest English-speaking ceremony in Yerushalayim for Yoma Zikaron. They'll visit Ammunition Hill and the memorial and museum there prior to the ceremony and walk through the trenches where the crucial battle of 1967 took place. This is happening today, Tuesday, on Ammunition Hill. The ceremony and siren begins tonight at 8 p.m. with many guest speakers and many different features, all um, to benefit the Michael Levin base. Bonnie Rosenbaum, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Hi, Nakam. I can only imagine. To be here. I appreciate that. I can only imagine what today is like as Israel gets ready for Yom Hazikaron, and you, and everybody around you gets ready for this very special uh, ceremony that's going to be taking place. Uh, which, by the way, people can watch them around the world, and we'll give those details uh, coming up. First, give us an overview 
Uh, what is the Michael Levin base? What does it do on a daily basis to help people in Israel? Um, okay, so we opened up two years ago, uh, February 2020, and so everybody remembers that. That was just around when Corona started, and uh, we opened up to an amazing um, vision, which was to help lone soldiers and lone benotia roots. We are really the only organization in Israel right now that is fully committed to helping both groups uh, that serve Israel independently. Uh, and then we ran into COVID, and we thought, uh, okay, we have to change our format, our, our way we were going to operate, and we went into uh, a different kind of format that we weren't expecting. But two years later, our doors still remain open, and in our first uh, two years, we welcomed over 1,400 lone soldiers in Lombanoche route to the base. And that could be anything from coming in and getting a meal, which could be uh, at our breakfast bar where they could come in and get cereal or yogurt or coming in and doing their laundry because a lot of these kids don't have in their apartments washing machines or dryers. So we have washing machines and dryers here. Or it could be come to sit and speak with an advisor about what they'd like to do before they go into the Army or while they're into the Army or while they're in Sheirut Lumi. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Sheirut Lumi is national service. These are basically religious girls who want to give back to the state of Israel, but they don't necessarily want to join the army. So instead they do something called Sherid Lumi, National Service, and these are the girls who are placed in in hospitals or in kindergartens or in schools for special children. And they work five, six days a week, and they really have it just as hard, if not harder, than lone soldiers because when a soldier puts on their uniform, they're recognized right away as a soldier giving back to the country. A Bacherut can just be in her regular daily clothes, and doesn't. And people don't realize that at the end of the day, she's coming back home to an empty apartment, no family, no support system. So that is really what the base is here for. It, it's not just, you know, uh, giving them tangible things, but it's the things that they can't often get, which is a smile, a hug, or, or, you know, you're doing a great job and thank you so much. So that's what we're doing, and we're expanding, and it's really an honor. To, to meet these kids on a, a daily basis. Oh, that I, can, that I can imagine. Bonnie Rosenbaum is with us, co-director of the Michael Levin Base. Where is the base based? So the base is based where the only place we thought it could be, which is right next to the Shook in Yerushalayim, because this is not only where the kids like to hang out, but a majority of them live around here. So we're right in the Nakhlaot area, the Shook Nakhlaot. Uh, we always say, if you know where Craze is, just walk one block down, and we're right there. Uh, and we're, we're open six days a week. Uh, we're open also when we have Shabbat meals. We're actually starting something new, which is we just had last night, which was incredible. Uh, Mike Levine's parents are in from the States. We had a Safer Torah dedication, which was dedicated by the Levine family. Uh, and we had a whole procession in the streets going around the Shuk of uh, Agripas. And we are going to be starting in May, uh, Shabbat lunch, which will happen right after we have davening and a kiddush. Um, so we're trying to also meet the religious needs for those who want. It's going to be a no pressure uh, davening. So whoever wants to come, when they want to come, however they want to come, they're welcome. And uh, we had a beautiful event last night. It was really something special because not only do we get the Sefer Torah, but the Sefer Torah covers that were donated also are actually made out of Michael Levine's filling bags from oh. his bar mitzvah. Oh, that, so that, that is in yeah, that's chilling, to that's say the least. That's a crazy connection. You can say that again. Yeah, Michael, it is. The Michael Levine um, Base presents the largest English-speaking ceremony in Yerushalayim for Yom HaZikaron. Uh, this is happening tonight. I can only imagine how busy things are as you prepare for tonight. Guest speakers include Elisa Levine, sister of Michael, Dr. Tuvia Book, who served with Alex Singer of Blessed Memory, Alone Wald, head of operations of Ammunition Hill, and son of Rami Wald of Blessed Memory, who was killed during the 67 war at Ammunition Hill, Adina Mar Capon, daughter of terror victim Sarah Blaustein, who many in this audience 
remember. Rabbi Benny Friedman will speak. He's a survivor of the Sabaro terror attack from the early 2000s. There'll be a military flag march, a torch lighting ceremony, Kaddish, Kalmale, and of course, Hatikva. And that's all happening tonight. Now, people can watch this from around the world. Am I right about that? Yes, I can. I can forward you. As soon as we get off, I could send you the link. Uh, would love to have people watch it. Uh, there's no reason why not. Feel connected. Feel the moment. There's nothing uh, more touching and more chilling than when the actual siren goes off uh, and, and everyone is standing and uh, you don't hear anything. And that's the way it should be. This is the way we should remember these incredible young men and women who uh, took uh, their life and uh, gave it for our country, our only homeland. And uh, it, it's an honor. Every day I walk in, it, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to meet them. And uh, everybody should uh, join us tonight, whoever can. We'll, we'll be there live. And I assume that um, that the uh, that the information's on the website. People could figure out how to access it through the website as well, right? Yes. Michael Levine. MichaelLevineBase.org.il, the Michael Levine, L-E-V-I-N, base.org.il would be the website, the Michael Levine Base, that's L-E-V-I-N, base.org.il. And again, here in the New York, New Jersey area, it'll start at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, the Ceremony and Siren at um, at 8 o'clock in Yerushalayim. Now, you mentioned that the, uh, or in, uh, I should say, uh, um, uh, in Israel, uh, on Ammunition Hill. I, 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 you mentioned and, and we, uh, um, emphasize that it's the largest English speaking ceremony in Yerushalayim for Yomazi Karon. I didn't realize there were any English speaking ceremonies, frankly, for Yomazi Karon in Israel. Could you describe to this audience what happens tonight? You know, you've given us a, a piece of it based on, on your activities and, and what you're planning for this evening. But, but tonight the whole country is going to be participating in a way that is like, probably like no other country when it comes to memorial. Day, wouldn't you say? Definitely. We, we do it the way it should be done. Uh, we actually were feeling when we were getting such a great response where we are sold out. We actually turned away, if I tell you, hundreds of people, hundreds of people, and we tried to even get the larger amphitheater at Ammunition Hill. But the reason why we couldn't because there are so many ceremonies tonight and tomorrow in Israel, we could not get a, a platform to create the stand to have a larger ceremony because everybody um, is in sync with the country and, and has this evening where the stores shut down. There's n- nothing is open. It's not allowed to be open. Wherever you are, when the siren goes off, everyone just stops and, and they reflect on how lucky they are, uh, the losses that we've taken, uh, what it means to be here. Uh, we, we can't take it for granted. And uh, the, the evening will start with a couple of little ceremonies right before the siren, including uh, marching flags that will come in by the paratroopers that help liberate the same unit that helped liberate Ammunition Hill. Uh, then we will have a lowering of a flag, which will be also with the paratroopers, but we're also actually uh, requesting uh, the presence of Norm Blaustein to help lower the flag. He is the husband of the late Sarah Blaustein. Uh, and then we will start off with the siren. Um, and then, of course, all the other prayers throughout the night that uh, represent the the evening uh, and and what's suited and uh, songs that really speak from the heart of that loss and, and mourning. Wow. And it continues on until tomorrow. Uh, so tomorrow also, uh, you know, the whole nation goes to the cemeteries wherever they have somebody. Uh, and even if they don't know somebody, you're still drawn to go to Har Herzl, uh, any of the military ceremonies, again, for the second siren. And uh, it, it's just a day where it just stops. And, and you don't think about your yourself, but you think about the others. Yoma Zikaron on Ammunition Hill, uh, brought to you by the Michael Levine Base. They presented it's the largest English-speaking ceremony you shall I am to access it. This afternoon in the New York, New Jersey area, it's happening tonight in Israel, go to the Michael Levine, L-E-V-I-N, base.org.il. That's the Michael Levine, L-E-V-I-N, base.org.il. 
and you could participate in that way, even from thousands of miles away. And Kola Kavod to uh, Bonnie Rosenbaum and her staff, everybody there at the Michael Levine base who's making this happen uh, for those of us who are English speakers around the world so that we can participate and feel part of the um, of the ceremony and of the activities for Israel Memorial Day. Now, I would suggest, I would su- I would su- suspect, Bonnie, uh, that the Michael Levine base for all the things that they do and the um, activities that they are involved with on a daily basis to help lone soldiers and uh, lone Benoche Root, etc. I would assume they need support. Uh, how do people support your efforts? And just reiterate, uh, if you could, some of the things that are supported when people, in fact, support your efforts. We are definitely in need of support. We get zero funding from the government, so we are solely uh, dependent on donations from the public. Uh, the best way to help us is, of course, going to our website. But when you come to Israel, come and visit us. And not only that, you could get involved. Uh, you could help sponsor a Thursday night event where you can have anything from pizza to hamburgers, and you could come and sit with the lone soldiers in the lone Benoche route and get to meet them and speak with them. And then you could come into our supply closet. You could help us fill our supply closet, and, and that's filled with um, shampoo and body wash and underwear and undershirts and socks. And, and that's all coming from the United States. It's coming from families who come and bring it to us or, or get in touch with us and want to really help us. Or you could help participate in a Friday night meal. We, we have people who come. They do their bat mitzvahs here. They do their bat mitzvahs here. They uh, really want to meet and touch and feel uh, and feel the connection because there's no other better way to connect with the country than to meet these kids who have left the state, who have left England, who have left their home, their, their comfort zone, uh, left Teaneck, uh, left Florida, L.A., Chicago, left their comfort zone, literally gave it all up uh, for the unknown, for a really difficult task, and come in, say hi to them, arrange a, arrange a tour, uh, reach out to us on the contact page, and we're, we're always a welcoming uh, families. You could get a small tour, you could watch our video, you could learn about Michael and his sacrifices, and, and uh, really, we, we'd love to meet everybody, and uh, we need to meet everybody. Everybody needs to know the story of the lone soldier and the lone bachelor route. No question about it. Call it a vote to everything for everything that you're doing. The Yoma Zikaron program, everybody, you can access it, the Michael Levine, L-E-V-I-N, base.org.il. That happens tonight, which means we could see it this afternoon here in the New York, New Jersey area. Log on and certainly donate and support the work that goes to Alone Soldiers, Alone Benoche Root, those who are there literally on the front lines uh, while we are um, enjoying life the way we are enjoying it. A very important message as we get closer and closer to Yoma Zikaron. It is a um, it is a uh, a day that we don't feel enough outside of Israel, but boy, in Israel they certainly feel it. Uh, Bonnie Rosenbaum is co-director of the Michael Levine Base. Again, Michael Levine L E V I N Base dot org dot al. Bonnie, thank you so much, and I uh, I say to you, thank you, thank you for bringing this program to us. It's uh, much appreciated. And once you get to Yomat Smut, enjoy the seventy fourth birthday of the State of Israel as well. More coming up at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. That was my conversation with Bonnie Rosenbaum. Avrami Jordan was with us recently to discuss a big Chicago Yachad concert that's going to be going on. Here's my conversation with Avrami Jordan on JM Rewind on the NachumSegal Network. JM in the AM and... Um we were made aware by our friend of Rummy Jordan that there's going to be a uh, a Yachad concert being presented in Evanston, Illinois. Now, we we did the show um, back a couple of years back in uh, Illinois. One of the things we learned is that Evanston is one of the central parts of the Jewish Midwest. It's got a lot of uh, Jewish and kosher establishments in that area. And Yachad is presenting Lagba Omer on fire with, uh, <laughs> that's pretty interesting, <laughs> with Yankee Lemmer, Shalom Lemmer, and Mordechai Shapiro at the Evanston Township High School in Evanston, Illinois. And that is happening 
on the night of Lagba Omer, May the 19th, beginning at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Avrami Jordan is with us live via telephone. He's been a guest of ours before. He's Director of Marketing for Yachad. Avrami, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nakam. Thank you so much for having me back on again. I appreciate that. I certainly am glad you're on. Tell us first, before we talk about the concert, how are things at Yachad? It's been a while since we've had a conversation. I know that this is a... Yachad's a nationwide project that uh, the uh, OU and the Jewish community takes great pride in. What's going on these days with Yachad? Thank God, thank God. Things are really, really cooking. We are, you know, it's December. We're actually going to be starting our 40th year. Yachad was created 40 years ago as a, as a division of the OU, which is pretty incredible. Um, and it's where we're cooking up a lot of great ideas and new concepts. We've spent a lot of time over, over the last year really focusing on the why. Why is Yachad important to the Jewish community and making a, a presentation coming up to, to give clarity to the world because really we have, we have 10 regions throughout the United States. We also have in, in Toronto. We also have Baruch Hashem in Israel. And so it's really an international organization. And what what drives us? What 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 drives that passion? What drives everything that we do? We really summed it up at the the sentence. You know, Yachad is here to give every Jew, regardless of their ability, a place in our community. And, and what, really, that speaks to to who we are. Yeah. Now, I was going to say, and what a difference it's made. I mean, people, especially the younger people out there, are not familiar with what was going on. 40 years ago in our community, but boy, the, uh, the, the effort that's been made uh, through Yachad for inclusion, the effort that's been made to make sure nobody feels left out is, is really remarkable. And, and what's a norm today, some of the younger people would be shocked to hear, was not the norm years ago. So call like a vote for what Yachad's done over all these decades. Yeah, thank God. And really, I mean, we couldn't do it without all of our partner organizations, without all the communities that have welcomed Yachad in. Um, you know, everyone everyone is familiar pretty much with the Yachad Shabbatons, and, and it's not just the hotel-based ones, it's the communal-based ones where, where we come in to a, a community and the synagogue welcomes us in, and our Yachad participants are welcomed into people's homes and and, and into the shuls. We created last year the Yachad Koran Siddur to, to help, which is an incredible achievement that, uh, that that's come out that it doesn't just go through all the fillers it it, it and it doesn't just give a, a translation it, it it speaks to the spirit of the translation um, it gives um, it's color coded to help you know when to stand when to sit when to bow when to cover your eyes etc it's really a game changer in the world of, of Chile and, and Yahad proudly is leading leading the way um, you know, we, there's always talk of, of inclusion. We, we, we do, do inclusion and we do exclusion. What do I mean by that? We, we try to give everybody whatever they're in need of in their place in, in the Jewish community. So if that means finding them a job and helping them with job training, we, we do that. If that means instead finding them the, the, the right camp, we, we are affiliated with with over. 20 different camps throughout the United States and Israel where we have inclusion banks in those campsites, you know, places like, you know, like, like Camp Stoneberg, Camp, like uh, Moshevabe here in Toronto, like Amichai in Israel, Camp Stone, Chaveirim, um, Moshevabe here in Nofesh, Kesher, etc., Lavi, Masora. We will have banks inside those camps where our Yachad campers and when we talk campus, we're not talking that they age out at 15, 16, 17. We'll, we'll, we have campers that are, that are adults, um, this, and they look forward to this the entire year. Yeah, that's, and we, they'll, they'll be inclusive in their camp. They'll do some activities with the, with the regular mainstream camp and some activities that are exclusive to them, and it's, it's just brilliant. It is pretty amazing. Uh, Yachad, as strong as ever, everybody, and as you heard, starting uh, their 40th anniversary 
celebration, which is pretty uh, incredible. Avrami Jordan's director of marketing for Yachad is with us live via telephone. All right, so we uh, we're, we're actually featuring or focusing on an event that's not happening in the New York, New Jersey area, which I guess at this point is not unusual for us, but it's not often that we uh, head to the Midwest. Uh, to feature an event, uh, Lagbomer on fire. We um, we were careful how we use that term, but I'm sure you mean on fire music, <laughs> on fire musically. Uh, coming up on the night on the 19th of Can May, when Yankee Lemmer and Mordechai Shapiro and Shulam Lemmer are all together. Now, now, what's going on here? Is this a local Yachad concert? Is this something that you want to give national attention to? What's happening with this event on Lagbomer? Right. So, 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 I must preface it by saying I, we produced this flyer way before this flyer way before there was any news of a fire in New York so <laughs> we I, I apologize if there's any lack of sensitivity there <laughs> I actually wanted to call this the great the, the greatest life of the old fire that Chicago's seen since 1871 but I got voted <laughs> down <laughs> the great um, Chicago fire I, I should be careful exactly. I should be careful about making fun but that is that it's a very clever title frankly yeah, but but sometimes you know, sometimes my ideas get voted down. What can I do? So we we have Barksham as as I mentioned earlier. We've got actually ten different regions, uh, you know, across across America. Whether it's it's here on the on the eastern seaboard of New England, New York, New Jersey, um, Baltimore. Um, whether it's Toronto, Cleveland, South Florida, Los Angeles, uh, you know, or to to Israel, and also to Chicago. In Chicago, we're, 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 we're very, very fortunate. There is a foundation called the Rala Klepak Foundation for um, the Performing Arts, which has generously, their mission is, you know, to bring the joy of performing arts to disadvantaged youth and individuals with disabilities. And um, they gave us a grant. This is actually the, the second production that we're doing. About four months ago, we actually did a production of Disney's Newsies in Chicago. Wow. Um, that was a full production, both inclusion. Um, it included our members as well as other members of the of the of the Jewish community in Chicago. We our our Yachad members acted, um, the set designs, did the did the did the uh, costume designs, etc. And it was incredible. It was, it was really a first time ever that there's been inclusion, an inclusive, you know, Disney production. This this show is is now uh, again we were looking for something to 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 do, and and we came up with the idea of bringing your know, concerts are happening every Monday and Thursday in the New York area, Baruch Hashem, and we want to do something for for outside, and this was an opportunity, and um, you know when we started to to brainstorm who should we bring and what should we do, um, in many ways. Mordechai Shapiro was a was was a, a no brainer with his song Biyachad. You know that was uh, that that that's become our anthem over over the past couple of years. Good point. And then and then Yankee and Sholem Lemmer um, are just are just absolutely fantastic. Um, they you know they don't need my askama. But uh, interestingly enough, with with them you know not so not so long ago, uh, re recording AB's Man from Vilna. Right. Um, and we'll we'll actually have in the audience um, one of the granddaughters and and some of the great grandchildren of the man from Vilna, so it's pretty special. I know the man from Vilna, which I, I many people ask, you know, if journey selections are true stories. That one happens to be true. Um, yeah, and yeah. I and I know the man from Vilna had Midwest. Uh, uh, affiliation. I didn't realize that uh, Chicago was included. But that's really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Often we'll invite people outside of a specific area, especially if it's for a blockbuster concert, uh, to come. And I'm saying to myself, well, it's a Chicago concert. I can't imagine people. But now I just realized that, you know, p- people don't realize that in the Midwest, Jewish communities from different cities. Uh, around Illinois, whether it's north or east or uh, other areas, uh, often feel uh, uh, you know included in in events that happen Correct. in the Chicago area. So it's not it's not a shock. Even though I was about to make a joke about it, it's not a shock at all that just like we have major events in New York, which have people literally from everywhere and people flying in from around the world, this Chicago event could certainly attract people from different states in that area. Correct. I, I know we've got people coming from, from Milwaukee. I yeah. have a friend of mine who called me from, from Cincinnati yesterday right, that exactly. he's, he's planning to come. So it's interesting. It's, uh, Chicago in that way is a fun place. I actually lived in Chicago for, for three very, very long months. Um, 
Now, and um, while we were there, we, we, we lived in, in uh, West Rogers Park, and which is you know one of the one of the hubs of the of the Prim community, and we we took a drive to to Costco, and of course this was in the days before GPS and Waze, and we came out of Costco and we made a left instead of making a right, and we got horribly lost. So I pulled up at a gas station over there, and I said to to the attendant, I said, could you help us get back? And I said to him, I need to get back to California and Pratt. I figured I couldn't have gone that far, and he looks at me, he says, oh man, you've got to get back to Chicago. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my, like, where, like, am I in Idaho? I have no idea. I mean, I, I'm from Australia. I just moved from Israel. And I, I, I said to the guy, where am I? He says, you're in Skokie. <laughs> not that, like, not that I'm bad. Like, I'm talking really, really. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. It's like, oh, you were going to get back to New York. No. So it's, everything's very close and everything's, everything's great. The Evanston Township High School has a, fantastic auditorium um, with about 1,200 seats and um, it's and every seat has great sight lines so there's no bad seats in the house and it's it's really it's gonna be a fantastic production um, Symphonia Ellie Katz is, is, is doing the music Gershon price set coming in and um, it's going to be a beautiful, fantastic production. All right. Yankee Lemmer, Mordechai Shapiro, Shalom Lemmer, Lagba Omer, May 19th, happening at 7.30 p.m. Central Time at the Evanston Township High School on Dodge Avenue in Evanston, Illinois, all to benefit Yachad. Easiest way of Rami Jordan for people to get information, what would you say to them? Sure. The best place to, to, to go is to yachad.brownpapertickets.com. That's yachad.brownpapertickets.com. All the information is there. And you can reserve your tickets and print them at home. All and right, we'll Chica- see you in two weeks. All right, Chicago and surrounding neighborhoods and surrounding cities and surrounding states, get ready. It's going to be quite a concert. Again, uh, you can go to... Um uh, you can go to yacha.brownpapertickets.com, yacha.brownpapertickets.com for all the information. Rami Jordan is Director of Marketing for Yacha. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having us. Uh, Rami Jordan on a, uh, what is today, Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM and Amber. That was my conversation with Avrami Jordan. More coming up. Keep it here on NSN all day long, the Nahum Siegel Network.